Welcome back to another episode of Blind Boys Politics. I am Chris Baker. Nick is off today, so you just have me today. Starting off with the weather like usual. In Los Angeles, California, it is sunny and 96 with a hot and sunny weekend. In Houston, Texas, it is raining 91 and rain throughout the weekend, and it looks into the early part of next week. It looks like it was raining too. And in Chicago, it is mostly sunny, the high of 80 with a mostly sunny weekend. In New York City, it is mostly sunny 96 with a sunny weekend. So I don't know about you where, you know, where you're located, but here where I'm located, it's been hot the last three days. Um, you know, Tuesday, it started to elevate up a little bit. It wasn't unbearable. Wednesday, you know, it w- part of the day, it was quite unbearable. But, you know, it wasn't bad, bad. It would be if you were out there for hours. But it wasn't too bad. And then Thursday, yesterday came, and oh, my God, it was so hot just all day. And I think, honestly, my personal opinion is I can handle the heat quite well. When I don't do so well is when the humidity sets in. I mean, the humidity was so freaking hot and just unbearable yesterday. Um, at one point during the day yesterday, it, the actual temperature was 95 and the feel like temperature was 104, I believe it was. I mean, just so freaking hot and unbearable. You know, I just stayed um, in the AC all day. It was just ugh. But I'm glad today the temperatures, they're still a little high, but they're coming back down a little bit. And hopefully we can get into some decent summer weather. I mean, we've really had a crappy summer, in my opinion. We had that one week there where it was in the hundreds, like it was this past week. Just hot, miserable, and then it was rain every other day, and now we're back to the hot. I hope we can just get some nice, like, 80-degree sunny days very little humidity, nice summer nights, you know, we really haven't had that this summer, and it's kind of unfortunate, um, because summer, I love the summer just because you can get out, do what you want, and it's just, you know, it's better than the winter, in my opinion, in the winter, you're cooped up, really can't do much, and then the summer comes around, and it's just nicer, in my opinion, so I hope before, you know, fall sets in for people that go to school, you know, before they go back to school, we get some nice summer days that people can just enjoy themselves and take a little time off. Um, because it's, let's be honest, it's been a stressful year and a half and people need a little time to relax and cool off and things like that. Um, other than the weather, not really too much been going on with me. Um, just dealing with the heat, staying in the AC, like I said. I've uh, been doing a lot of work um, from either school work to the podcast to my other job, just staying busy, keeping busy, um, hoping for a break here somewhere along the lines, but who knows, right? Um, but there's quite a bit of news to get into for this Friday morning, quite the eventful news um, week. If you follow me on Twitter for my personal account, you would know that I tweeted about that. I think it was Tuesday I sent a tweet out about how busy it was. And um, as we're speaking right now, I'm tweeting for the podcast. So if you don't follow us there, make sure you go follow us there for 24-hour breaking news. Uh, just a little plug right there. But getting right into the news, the sudden resignation of three-term governor Andrew Cuomo came as a shock to many because for days he vowed to fight allegations of sexual harassment by 11 women. 
Moments before he announced his exit, Cuomo and his lawyer, Rita Glavin, blasted the allegations as politically motivated. Cuomo will be leaving in 11 days now. As a result, New York Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul will be stepping in as the state's very first female governor. Governor Cuomo still faces criminal investigations as well as a potential civil lawsuit from his accusers. Governor Cuomo once drew praise for defending women's rights when he signed into law new protections against sexual harassment back in August of 2019. But Cuomo's alleged behavior and Tuesday's resignation in the minds of many overshadowed his record of 10 years in office. The governor said the political environment right now is too hot and too reactionary. He presented his side at the news conference and even gave some reasons to why he is resigning, saying he wanted to save tax dollars on the impeachment to get New York Assembly back to business. I am a fighter, and my instinct is to fight through this controversy. After multiple rounds of the third-term governor fighting back, he took his biggest political career blow to date. I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside. The governor continued to insist he didn't believe he did anything wrong. In my mind, I've never crossed the line with anyone. But I didn't realize the extent to which the line has been redrawn. Cuomo's resignation comes exactly one week since the draw-dropping New York Attorney General's report. The independence investigation found that Governor Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women. The report lays out allegations from multiple women, including 25-year-old Charlotte Bennett and 32-year-old Brittany Camasio, more commonly known as Executive Assistant Number 1 and Lindsay Boylan. Executive assistant number one had the most serious allegation of him groping her in his Albany Mansion home office. Lindsay Boylan reacted on Twitter and quote, From the beginning, I simply asked that the governor stop his abusive behavior. It became abruptly clear he was unable to do that, instead attacking and blaming victims until the end. It is a tragedy that so many stood by and watched these abuses happen. For months, women came forward, and the governor kept his guard up, defending himself. I never touched anyone inappropriately. Before his resignation Tuesday morning, his personal lawyer, Lita Glavin, took jabs at the state attorney's investigation. The investigators acted as the prosecutors, the judge, and the jury. But then the governor fouled her comments with a move that came as shocking to millions. If she said I did it, I believe her. For the first time, he addressed allegations from the female trooper and his protected detail, who told investigators the governor sexually harassed her on at least two occasions. I don't remember doing it at all. I didn't do it consciously. It was a mistake, plain and simple. I have no other words to explain it. 
I want to personally apologize to her and her family. And though he is resigning, that doesn't matter. Impeachment procedures are expected to continue with their next session Monday morning. At the end of the press conference, he apologized to his three daughters, saying he made mistakes and he needs to learn from them and move on. That is a part of life. President Biden had a press conference later on that day, and previously President Biden has called on Andrew Cuomo to resign. And Tuesday, when CBS reporter Ed O'Keefe questioned him about what his thoughts were about the whole Cuomo resignation, he had this to say. No, you condemned the alleged behavior, but you're someone who spends a lot of time with mayors and governors. How would you assess his ten and a half years as governor of the state? In terms of his personal behavior or what he's done as a governor? What he's done as a governor. thought he's done a hell of a job. thought he's done a hell of a job. And, uh, I mean, both on everything from access to voting to infrastructure to a whole range of things. That's why it's so sad. The two used to be close political allies. They have worked together for decades. Biden once called Cuomo, quote, the best governor in the whole darn country, end quote. Democrats at the state capitol had this to say days prior to the resignation. The governor's clearly lost the confidence of the majority members of the New York State Assembly. To see what more political leaders reacted to his resignation, check out our article. Experts say this may not be the end of Cuomo. They say voters could forgive him and re-elect at some point. Cuomo was planning on running for re-election next year. But Governor Cuomo is the third governor in a row to resign or not run for re-election in New York State. Switching gears to COVID-19, if you are an active duty member of any branch of the United States military, you must get the COVID-19 vaccine, says the Secretary of Defense. Secretary Lloyd Austin made the announcement in a memo this week, all members must get the COVID-19 vaccine no later than mid-September or immediately upon full FDA approval, whichever comes first. In a memo, he said, quote, To defend this nation, we need a healthy and ready force. Get the shot, stay healthy, stay ready. The Department of Defense currently says about 73% of active duty personnel have at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. The Secretary is also encouraging civil employees and military contractors to get vaccinated. In the meantime, the Secretary says unvaccinated active duty military members and civilians and contractors must abide the current restrictions and mask mandates regardless of vaccination status. Now looking at the infrastructure bill, we are one step closer to passing a bipartisan $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. The Senate passed the bill Tuesday with a vote of 69 to 30. The bill is related but not totally different from the $3.5 trillion package that they call human infrastructure that also passed Tuesday along party lines. Starting with the bipartisan bill, the Senate passed the bill with 19 Republicans voting yes. The 19 senators that voted in favor of the bipartisan infrastructure bill was Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, Senator Roy Blunt of Missouri, 
Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina, Senator Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Senator Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, Senator Susan Collins of Maine, Senator Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, Senator Mike Crawpow of Idaho, Senator Deb Fisher of Nebraska, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, Senator John Hoeven of North Dakota, Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Senator Rob Portman of Ohio, Senator Jim Risch of Idaho, Senator Mitt Romney of Utah, Senator Dan Sullivan of Alaska, Senator Tom Tills of North Carolina, and Senator Roger Wicker of Mississippi. One Republican did not vote, that's why the final vote was 69 to 30. The bill itself is 2,700 page long. The total price tag is $1.2 trillion with $550 billion in new federal aid over the next five years. The bill funds all kind of traditional infrastructure projects like $100 billion for rebuilding roads and bridges, $73 billion to rebuild the power grid, $65 billion to high-speed internet broadband, $66 billion for passenger and freight trains, $55 billion to clean up the national water pipes and remove lead pipes, $39 billion to improve public transit, $25 billion for improvements for airports, $7.5 billion to build electric infrastructure and charging stations, just to name a few. This is where many people are getting confused. There is a much bigger $3.5 trillion human infrastructure bill. It is considered to be the companion bill to the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. The bill includes expansion of paid family and medical leave, a buildup of child care programs, extensions of the household tax credit, including the enhanced child tax credit implemented during the pandemic, an expansion of Medicare benefits to include dental vision and hearing, and a reduction to Medicare eligibility ages, an extension of increased Affordable Care Act subsidies, universal pre-K, tuition-free community college tax incentives and grants to encourage adoption of green energy, manufacturing, and transportation, consumer rebates to encourage clean energy and weatherization in homes, funding to increase the number of electric vehicles and the federal fleet, just to name a few. This is where the politics come in to complicate this even more. The Senate passed the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill and passed the $3.5 trillion human infrastructure bill. Remember the $3.5 trillion bill needed to be passed through budget reconciliation, meaning it was along party lines and not a single Republican supported the bill for a final vote of 50 to 49. One of the reasons why Democrats pushed this through, the House also has to pass both of the bills, and the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said it would not be taken up on the floor without the $3.5 trillion bill. House Majority Leader Steny Hauer says the House will be back in session on August 23rd to handle their business. 
there is some misinformation surrounding the bills. So we are going to discuss some two of the major ones that I have been seeing floating around on social media. Question one, is there a new tax with the bipartisan infrastructure bill? While this is partially true, let's dig into what this actually means and what is happening. It is a new pilot program that is based off a volunteer basis. Anyone that signs up will be refunded the amount they pay into the taxes to test this pilot program. So yes, there is a new tax, but it only affects people who sign up for it. Question 2. Is it true only 23% of the money in the bipartisan infrastructure bill goes to infrastructure? Well, truth be told, I'm not sure where this 23% number is coming from out of the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Because 23%, let's do some math. Now hold up just one second before Chris gets into his math. Just a quick disclaimer here. In two different instances, he says million instead of billion. These are when he says 276 million and 303 million. Both of those millions should be billions. So those will be 276 billion and 303 billion. Just wanted to throw that in. Enjoy the rest of the show. 23% of the 1.2 trillion is 276 million. Keep then, keeping that in mind, if you add up the money for rebuilding roads and bridges, rebuilding the power grid, rebuilding airports, rebuilding passenger and freight trains, and updating public transit, that up adds up to 303 million, putting you over 23%. And that's only not even half of the infrastructure bill. So that claim is false for that reasoning. That is the end of this episode. For the main news, let's get into some rapid news. California Governor Gavin Newsom announced Wednesday that teachers are required to get the COVID-19 vaccine or face weekly testing. The special enrollment period for health care is ending this Sunday, August 15th. So if you need health care, go to healthcare.gov to sign up for health care. The next open enrollment period won't be until November 1st, so if you need health care or want health care, make sure you sign up. And prices for U.S. consumers rose last month, but at the slowest pace since February. A sign that Americans may gain some relief after four months of sharp increases that have imposed a financial burden on the nation's household. Now, let's get into good news. I know Nick is... The king of good news, but I am going to try to get a, a good news story, and I hope the king will approve it. So, for this Friday morning good news um, segment, there is a good news story um, that I thought was really good, and I would like to share with all of you. Um, a girl was taking a flight. I don't remember specifically from where to where, but once their plane landed, they, you know, off the airport, went through luggage and all of that, you know, thing, the whole process of boarding and unboarding and leaving, she realized she did not have her favorite stuffed animal. Well, she freaked out because she was obviously, she's younger and, you know, it's her favorite stuffed animal. And her mother actually took to Facebook to a local mothering uh, Facebook group for that area. So all the mothers in that area... Um, around this Facebook group, she posted, Hey, my little girl lost her favorite teddy bear. If anyone sees it, please get a hold of me. 
and she attached a picture of her holding her stuffed animal. Well, a mother that was actually boarding a plane saw this post right before she was boarding and thought, wait a minute, I saw that stuffed animal earlier in the day, and she knew exactly where it was. She went back to that location, read the stuffed animal, sent the picture to the mother and said, hey, is this the stuffed animal? It indeed was the stuffed animal. So eventually the woman that found the stuffed animal and the girl, they met up, they exchanged hugs, the little girl was ever so thankful, so was the mother, and... Uh, you know, that's just going to be a memory that that little girl is going to remember forever. She lost her stuffed animal, probably thought it was gone forever. So did her mother, probably. And then for this lady to see that post and think, wait a minute, I saw that stuffed animal. I'm going to go get that. You know, she could have saw that and be like, yeah, I saw it today. I just commented, here's where I think it was. And then get on her plane and be gone. She went back, got the stuffed animal, and then later met up with the girl and her mother you know, that's above and beyond of what you have to do. I just really like that good news story because it's unconventional. You know, it's like, I lost this. Anyone find it? You know, you never really, in my opinion, expect for someone to say, yeah, I have it. I'll give it to you back. back. I'm, I found it, you know. So I'm just so glad the little girl got her stuffed animal back. The mother's happy and, you know... In some way, I think, my personal opinion, is that the lady that found the stuffed animal is a hero because that little girl is going to remember that forever. That is the end of this Friday morning news episode. Make sure you follow us on Twitter for the latest 24-hour breaking news and follow our personal accounts. And check out our latest Medium articles for different topics that were not discussed here on the podcast. All of the links to that are down in the show notes. I hope everyone has a nice, safe weekend, and we will see you back here Monday morning. Have a great weekend, everybody.